and welcome to another episode of Talking Balls. I am your host, Neil Adams, and joined, as always, is my two lovely co-hosts, Curtis and Mark. How are you, gentlemen? Yes, mate, very well. I'm glad to not be in work today, um, and to be on with my lovely friends. Yep, yep, yep. All yep. good, thank joined, you, all good. Jo- joined this week, sorry, Curtis, I'm just going to cut you off, you know. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> I'm used joined to this week is... Uh, broadcaster extraordinaire and sports journalist, uh, Richard Greaves. How are you, sir? Yeah, good to be on the show. Thanks for inviting us on, fellas. Business end of the season, December. Uh, playoff places on the line. Of course, if you're Carolina Panthers, it's more about the draft, I guess, or lack of it, given you've given away your draft picks for next year. But uh, delighted as well, Neil, to see you proudly donning that Jets cap. It's brave in the extreme, <laughs> given what's happened this That's season. Crazy. But we like that. Yes, a hundred percent. No, you have you have to show your solidarity with your team, even in troubled times. You know, if I if I didn't support the Jets in troubled times, then I wouldn't support the Jets. It's been a long time. Let's be honest. Yes, it's been twelve years. I think it's been since we've made the playoffs. Yeah, it's been it's been a long hard. Bring race. back what about and shares are not that bad just yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you follow yourself, Richard? Uh, for, for my sins, uh, I have been known to lean towards the Dallas Cowboys, um, which, yes, which when, look, when I was a kid, they, they were good growing up. Since then, not so good. Um, a, a lot of eight and eight seasons, a lot of nearly seasons, and a lot of those games when you just know what's going to happen. Yes, it seemed to be good until push comes to shove, isn't it, really? It could be different this year. Um I kind of like the way they're playing going into December, which any Cowboys followers will, will tell you that isn't usually the case. Um, but they, they went through that sticky patch at the beginning of October. I think coming out of their bye week, they've been nothing short of phenomenal. And there's just a hint that I, I think every quarterback gets that point in their career when now savvy, experienced, call it what you will, comes to the fore and, if you like, is a bigger part of their game than just pure natural raw talent. And I think over the last six weeks in particular with, with Dak Prescott, that's what we've begun to see. Now, is it enough to to take them past the, the first round of the playoffs and even to a championship game, let alone the Super Bowl? Time will tell, but I, I will say this much. What he has done in the last six weeks on a historical level um, in the NFL compares with, with anybody and the, the signs are good at this point. So you you would be one of the cowboys that are happy with Dak. Uh, look, I I think anybody that turns around uh, and says it's time for for Dallas to move on from Dak Prescott needs to have a look at what's around them in the NFL right now. You know you've got thirty two jobs, starting quarterback jobs essentially, and look how hard it is just to have a, a quarterback that can make you competitive, make you relevant come the the postseason. You know you. All the years that the Jacksonville Jaguars were looking for a quarterback, they'll be touching wood right now that Trevor Lawrence is okay and able to to help them through this final month of the season. But you look at the New York Jets, the quarterbacks they've been through over the last decade. You look at the Cleveland Browns. What is it, 24 different starting quarterbacks now um, since the turn of the century? Any number of teams would give their right arm to have a quarterback who you'd say would rank in the top 10, top 12 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, a quarterback that makes you relevant and competitive come the end of the season. Dak Prescott certainly does that. Look, 
I, I will be the first to turn around and say he's had his bad games as well. But it, everybody has. It, it, be careful. Be careful what you wish for. If you get rid of yeah. Dak Prescott, then it, it's a lottery. And I think what I will say about the Dallas Cowboys and the quarterback position is generally, on the whole, they've been a very fortunate organization. You know, you, you had the Troy Aikman years, then you had five or six years where it wasn't so good. You fall upon Tony Romo, who was an undrafted free agent. You literally go from him into Dak Prescott, who was a fourth-round pick. But he, he yeah. wasn't even the, the bony fide fourth-round pick. He was a supplementary fourth-round pick that the Cowboys had. And all 32 teams have passed on him for four rounds before that. So the, the Cowboys have been fortunate. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I would take Dak at the, at the Jets. <laughs> not a problem. Bring him, send him over if you're looking rid of him. Not a problem. Yeah, I, think I, I, I don't enough think enough that's yet. on the cards, but you can try. You sure, Aaron yeah. Rodgers is coming back before Christmas, isn't he? Oh, I can't see Aaron Rodgers coming back <laughs> this year at all. Like, I mean, he he's going to be just looking and going right. We're not going to the playoffs now. That'll be me. I'll, I'll look after this for a wee bit longer, and that's it. No sure, what's wrong with Zach? Zach's. I mean, this is what we've seen. I mean, saying that Zach Wilson is reluctant now to play. I mean, I, I can't go into my work and go, you know what? I'm not reluctant. I don't reluctant to work here. You know, you can't do that. Like, can't I didn't think that's a thing. You can go in and go. I'm. I don't want to play because you've benched me. You're still getting paid, buddy. Yeah, People it was. It was tweet. To get in. His tweet was like saying, "Yeah, I'm not too sure if I want to step back into the starting QB." <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice to have that option, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, look. Let's be honest. The offensive line, it, it, the New York Jets has been shot to bits this season. It hasn't they've been had, very uh, good. They've started 20 different people on the offensive line. Exactly. And you're dealing with a, a third-year quarterback who was thrown in from day one, initially onto a very bad team. Um, when he was drafted, it was widely acknowledged that he had all the intangibles, but he was a raw, natural talent. Yeah. He's never really had a chance. Uh, and now he's he's been in a situation where... He's thrown back in to the starting role. He gets benched. He gets demoted down the, the depth chart to number three on the depth chart. Uh, and yeah. now we're looking at having tried several other options. And oh, all of a sudden, Zach, come on back in. It, it's a really tough situation. Um, I, I would suspect that the Zach Wilson exercise is, is, if it's not done, it's pretty close to being done because mentally as much as anything else, I'm not so sure how much one young young man can take and he's had to put up with a lot now look has he played well no he hasn't but you've got to look after these guys especially if they're going to be the face of your franchise and he has been in a really tough situation up there yeah it's just it's just been a bad 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 luck because the way they were looking at it is roger was going to come in for two years and mentor this mentor this kid and then hopefully after the two years he was going to be better but after four four plays that that took a wee turn and he got through into the limelight again. And he does, he does. Every time he goes in, you just see in his face, he just looks like a scurvy puppy. And he shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? He just needs the confidence, I think. And that's it. But Yeah, look, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think he needs to be put in a situation where, you know, ideally this year, it would have been that situation where he's yeah. sat behind Aaron Rodgers. He's learning from a multiple NFL MVP, a Super Bowl winner, mm -hmm. uh, and can start again. Unfortunately, events have conspired against him and the New York Jets and now we're, it almost feels like we're back to square one with, with Zach Wilson and honestly yeah. I don't really know where they, where they turn or where he goes from here either. 
Yep, it's, it just seems to be the same old thing. It was the same with, with Sam Darnold. He was giving um, Adam Gates for three years, and then he couldn't do anything. No, no offensive line for him, and now he's, I would take him in a heartbeat right now at the minute, though. You know, but... Well, we'll, we'll move on from the Jets, because, you know, everybody always says we always talk yeah. about the Jets on here, Richard. I don't know why. Um, yeah. but I, I was going to say I, it's I very feel like easy it's, it's something like a counselling session for you. It's always a kind of, every week, you know what I mean? It's always like, I feel like a Spurs fan. Oh, next year, we're going to be awesome. Oh, we see us next year. And then we do it every year, you know, with Aaron, Aaron Rodgers coming in. It definitely, this is a year, you know. It's like with Alan Pochettino coming in. Oh, it's definitely this year. This is a year we're going to be going to do and we're going to be winning everything. Look at us. And then it just, something mad happens. The Jets way happens. And we're back. Back to normal. We, we try next week, mate. You take off the Jets hat, and we see what happens. <laughs> see how long it takes before we start talking Jets again. Yeah, we'll do. We'll, we'll do that there. But uh, Richard, how, we just want to know how you how did you get into all this? I mean, we we seen you start that you were a freelance sports reporter back in what nineteen ninety six. So how did you get into this, or what yeah, made you uh, want to get into this? It, it's a long time ago now. I actually started um, in hospital radio. Um, I, I was born and brought up in Yorkshire. Um, Huddersfield, just outside of Leeds, was where I lived. So I did hospital radio um, there, commentating on Huddersfield Town when they're in what is now League One. Um, from there, I, I got a, a job at the local radio station in Leeds, uh, following Leeds United, home and away. And it was literally um, the, the job was match days. You carry the main commentators' bags. Um, we, we will pay you a fee for that, plus travel expenses. Um, and do with it what you will. And, and from that, um, I, I went into the radio station and did at least one day's freelance work experience um, a week for the best part of a year. Over time, you network. What, what I always say to, um, to aspiring broadcasters and journalists now is if you're ever um, at a press conference, be it sport, news, wherever it might be, never be afraid to go up to somebody that you might have seen working for the BBC, working for Sky, ITV, Channel 4, whoever it might be. Um, and just introduce yourself uh, and say, look, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. Do you mind me asking, how did you get into this business? Uh, honestly, hand on heart, guys, um, I have never, ever known anybody turn around and say, yes, I do mind and no, I won't tell you. Everybody will always give you five minutes of their time because it through university or work experience, we've all made our way somehow. And you know the the perils and pitfalls that go with it. So um, I spent six and a half years working at Radio Air um, as Leeds United made it all the way to the Champions League semi-finals. Um, and just as they started going on, on that downslope, um, I left there, uh, worked as a sports reporter for another organization uh, for 18 months and th then ended up through networking, working on a freelance basis initially for Sky Sports News. That became a, a permanent North of England reporter's role works there for, for 17 years, um, all told. And then uh, two and a half years ago, um, decided it was time to to get, go it alone and set up my own uh, media business, which is what I've been doing ever since um, with my own podcast, Graves on Gridiron, but also uh, working for Premier League Productions on the Premier League side of things. I have good contacts um, with colleagues that work in the National Football League uh, as well. You know, reporters, journalists, presenters, you build up these relationships over the years um and i'm fortunate enough now when the, the international games come to to the uk to, to work on some of those for, for nfl network which 
you know, as a, as a kid growing up and in sports that you love, you see these programs and, you know, even for me with 27 years experience in the industry to, to work for these organizations and cover events and occasions that people frankly would give their right arm just to be at, you know, they save up yes. um, everything they've got to buy a ticket, travel down there and be at these games. You know, it's a real honor and a, a privilege. And I, I always try to make sure that I never lose track of that. You know, I've been really yeah. lucky in, in my time. I've been to seven Super Bowls on site working. I've worked on several more um, from from the UK. Um, and these are for many people once in a lifetime um, events. And, you know, like I say, I, I get to, to call it work and it really isn't. Wow. Have you always been in the NFL or was that is that a recent thing or? Uh, no, it's not a recent thing. I mean, wait, I, I'm guessing I'm quite a bit older than, than any of you guys. So when I was a kid growing oh, no. up, um, that you you might occasionally, I think Channel 4 initially showed Sunday night football games live, but more often than not, it was a one-hour program with uh, Gary Imlach presenting it, highlights program on a Saturday morning uh, that would bring you up to speed with everything that had happened six or seven days uh, before. And as, at that time, the Dallas Cowboys, early 90s, were, were good. You had the triplets, Aikman, Irving, um, and Emmett Smith. Um, a, and loosely, they were mighty. Um, it obviously dipped a bit um, as far as coverage in the UK when I can remember the amount of times that I'd be there on the Armed Forces radio network trying to tune it in and there was no digital radio at the time for the the younger members of this audience that are watching and it, this very crackly commentary would would come in you get a strong signal great i can hear everything and then it would just fade out and you'd probably have to wait for at least 60 seconds before it, it came back but honestly the first time um i actually got to see a game live and in person a, a colleague of mine that i'd worked with in in radio had got a job over in dallas um so i went out there to see him and the first night we were there He'd got, a, um, got, got his tickets to the Monday night football game. It was Cowboys-Giants. Um, and we went in and I was, you know, you've played it on, on the Sega Mega Drive or whatever it was back in the day, but you don't really know much about it. I, I'm sat there thinking I'm just going to be quiet and, and behave myself. And three snaps into the game, uh, this biggest American you've ever seen in your life is behind me. And he's already on his feet and he's berating all the fans around him to get up and support the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I, and from that moment, I was I was into it. Just the atmosphere. Um, there was no sense of hostility or aggression around. Um, the Cowboys went on to lose that game, by the way. But I, I was like, no, they, I love this. This is fantastic. You know, you're you're high fiving people that you've never met and will never see yeah. um, again, just because that you know you're you're all supporting the same team in theory. Um, so yeah, that that was awesome, um, and that was. I don't know, 2004 or something. And from then on, that that was it. Um, I, I was hooked on the game uh, and the rest is history, as they say. That's it. That, that's a good thing about American football. Like I went over to watch the Jets play the 49ers at San Francisco. And you're literally the only Jets fan in a, in a stadium filled with San Francisco 49ers. And they're just, it's just great crack. Everybody's like, oh, yo, you, what are you doing? Oh, that me, great crack. Oh, you're from Ireland. Oh, brilliant. Come on, do this. We'll get beers. <laughs> Everybody's just all singing from the same hymn, all the same page. Well, and, the uh, amount of times I've been um, been filming at tailgates, and you'll have a chat with some fans that have got the barbecues up and the brisket, or if it's Thanksgiving, they have this cylindrical heated element, and they literally just dunk this turkey in it, and they'll fry it for you yes. right there and then. It, you've got to see it to believe it. But 
all of them will, will be there offering you drinks and you're like look no seriously guys would love to working <laughs> hardest thing you've got to do is pull yourself away from it because you could be set for the whole afternoon at, at that point but yeah the, the tailgating experience um at pretty much any um nfl game particularly in the states is just second yes. to none it is awesome yes it's just the atmosphere is unreal and everybody it's not like football where you, you're all corned off to what, what team do you support over that side what team do you support over that side but there it's just yep there's a seat go sit in it work away yeah completely I, I think part of that is probably because america's so big and vast yeah. so it's not necessarily so easy to get it to away games but I, I tell you what you've only got to look at the 49ers fan base the way they've traveled generally this season you know this reason the the cowboys are called america's team and it is because their traveling support is so strong and quite often you'll find especially in some of these new stadia where season ticket prices are, are so high and, and this goes for dallas as well um, it was a criticism of them for certainly last season at points. You know, fans will buy these season tickets and they will happily sell them on a game-by-game -game basis to, to traveling fans because they can probably get, you know, the, the price of their season ticket back if if they sell sell three of those um, games with them. And so occasionally you will see, um, it, well, obviously the, the Chargers is a classic case in point. The amount of times they'll play a home game. And they sound like the road team and you've got justin herbert having to go to a, a silent count um which in itself is remarkable it is it's, it's unreal like but um how did you find the games this weekend any any ones that stood out to you i, I think the games generally the um have, have, have been fantastic um for different reasons you know in recent years a, a lot of them parity in the nfl has been the key word and the league has pr prided itself on the fact you've had so many one score games that hasn't been the case generally um this year that there's been a quite a clear um definition between the best teams and the worst teams obviously <laughs> carolina haven't had a very good year the 49ers the lions the cowboys the eagles the cream of the crop in the nfc um, it's perhaps a little bit more even in the AFC, surprisingly, I guess. Um, but you look at this past weekend, I I think a couple of, of games stand out um, for the surprise reasons, really. You know, you look at KC yeah. going up there to Green Bay and, and losing on Sunday night football. And then only last night, who gave the Bengals a chance against this Jack side that's been red, red hot, you know? Um, and especially when you think that it's Jake Browning back at quarterback, no one really knows anything about him he's done nothing in the national football league suddenly he lights up the jags secondary he throws for 350 odd yards and guides them down the field to, to kick an overtime game winning game winning field goal um so yeah those are the two games that that probably stand out most the one i was looking forward to most um, without doubt as probably where everyone else was was the niners against uh the eagles yes. um yeah. that that could be a, a season defining game for philadelphia this weekend's trip into Dallas is huge for them um, and it'll be interesting to see how they come out the other side of it I know I can't wait to see that there it's going to be an awesome game Cowboys against the, the, the Eagles um, but did you see the 49ers beating the Eagles this week yeah um, I, I cannot believe you've asked about that Neil you've clearly not listened to my Graves on Gridiron podcast um, I, I took the Eagles uh, sorry I took the Niners in that um, as two and a half point favourites to cover um, what I've seen from Philadelphia in recent weeks, I, the one thing I, I really don't like it, and it, it irks me a little bit, is you, you hear a lot of pundits over the last month, six weeks, criticizing Philadelphia for the style in which they've played football, the margins of victory. 
It doesn't matter. The fact is they've been winning games. And even now, with that Niners defeat um, taken into account, at 10-2, and two, they hold the best record in football. That deserves respect in itself. Now, what I will say is that two weeks ago against the Bills, in awful conditions on a genuine grass turf field, they went into overtime and the d- defense looked tired then. It looked shot. Those defensive players yeah. were out on their feet in the second half against the Niners this past weekend. And I just think this run of games where they played the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Bills, um, now last week, the Niners, they've got to go to Dallas again this weekend. You know, that that's a murderer's row of fixtures right there. The schedulers weren't kind yeah. to, to Philadelphia. The fact they've only lost one of those games to this point, I think it is amazing and great testament to the quality of the roster that's been put together. But, you know, do, now do, they've do, got to go do, into you remember Dallas. who they lost to, by the way, Richard? The uh, not in this run, lost. they didn't. That was way back beginning of October. Don't you worry about that. Uh, <laughs> we, we saw that as a blemish on their on their record, Neil. Uh, but, but it was a good win nonetheless. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you know, um, now they've got to go to, to Dallas this weekend. Um, I would argue there isn't a team in the NFL that feels more confident than the Cowboys when they're playing at home right now. You know, they're 14-0 and at home in a record going all the way back to the beginning of September last season. Uh, and at home alone, they're averaging 41 points a game this season. Now, you can decry the standard of opponent all you like that they've played. Um, frankly, I don't care. You can only beat what's put in front of you. And even taking into account the standard of opponent they've played in Arlington this year, to be averaging 41 points a game? Are you kidding me? Um, So, you know, they've had a a mini break as well to prepare for the Eagles. Um, This is why I say I think it's massive for Philadelphia this week. Um, You know, they're coming against a team who's red hot, that's had long to prepare. Philly themselves are coming off a brutal schedule over the last five weeks. Uh, and now you've got to go up against an NFC East divisional rival. It's a tough ask. Yeah. Who do you who do you see in the Super Bowl this year, Richard? Um, I I I think from the NFC at the moment, it is tough to argue with anybody that says anything other than San Francisco 49ers on mm. offense, on defense. They just look a really well-rounded team. I, I did wonder for a while when they lost their their safety. Uh, Talanoa Hufanga, whether that might affect them in the secondary. It doesn't appear to have done so to, to this point. Um, and obviously, when you've got Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle as your options um, offensively, that, that's massive. But I do think the key for, 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 for uh, the, the 49ers on offense is Trent Williams at left tackle, because as long as he's in the lineup, he keeps Brock Purdy upright. You saw it in that three-game stretch when they lost three in a row. Trent Williams wasn't in the t- team. He went out injured in that first game when they lost to Cleveland. And Brock Purdy has suddenly been asked to move. Um, and quite quickly, he seemed to lose the composure that you know we've become accustomed to. We saw it at the Lincoln Financial Field last Sunday. So Trent Williams is probably the key piece um, in this offense uh, for me, which might surprise some, but he is a very, very good player. Yes, Trent Williams is is an awesome, awesome left tackle. Um, but the, the the addition of Chase Young to that defensive line as well is on. Well, it's it's not just Chase Young, is it? They brought in Randy Gregory as well. Um, yes. Where when he was being let go by by Denver, so suddenly you look at at that 
defensive front that they had two more star pass rushes to. Nick Bosa didn't really need a compliment, but now he's got a, a couple more. Uh, I, I tell you what, for, for any offense going up against um, this pass rush for, for the 49ers, it, it's a tough slog. It's a, you know, a, a, it's a big ask to be able to deal with them. You know, people reflect on last Sunday and the 42 points that they ended up putting up past um, the, the Eagles. Well, they stuck 42 points on the board against Dallas earlier in the season as well. Um, they haven't played Detroit yet. Um, you, you do sort of wonder what, who, who's going to provide that, that big test. And that's why I think home field advantage is, is crucial because fine, you can say they've just you know wiped Lincoln Financial Field with, with Philadelphia. But if you have to go over to Levi Stadium, it, it's as good as game over. If Dallas are going to beat the 49ers in the postseason, I think it has to be in Arlington. Um, and quite frankly, they, they need a few things to go their way right now. If they have any hope of that happening, I'm not sure it does. See, that's what I love about the NFL, that we're talking about the Lions now being contenders, whereas last year they were like a joke. And the start I, I, of last yeah, year... I, 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 all... I love um, Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. Um, oh, I, love I think too. they play exciting, hard football. Um, I do have a little bit of concern about them, though. You know that their their defensive line just hasn't been getting home over the last two or three games. And um, they had that shock defeat, of course, on Thanksgiving to Green Bay. They very nearly lost to the Chicago Bears before that, and then last weekend they blow a tw- twenty-one nothing lead in New Orleans. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know you saw the Saints at one point coming back. To beat them there they now they hung on and got the win which was big for for them but yeah. i i do have concerns defensively about detroit right now yeah it's more of a just a team that uh, we're going to try and score more than you <laughs> yeah oh completely yeah. look for the neutral it makes for great football oh 100 I, I don't know how much of the football you guys watched at the weekend but i found myself getting really engrossed in the titans colts game but for the wrong reason An incredibly close game but that special teams, sloppy as hell. The punts. Do you know uh, that they, 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 sacked the, they sacked the special teams coordinator after I, that game? I've seen that, mate. Um, I think we were on the phone at the time when like, yeah. um, they charged it down and then scored it in for a fumble recovery. But then yeah. it got returned. And they went for a two-point conversion and that got returned for the two points. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> and I've seen today that they fired the, the special teams coordinator. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a surprise. It was, it was back-to-back punts that he had blocked, wasn't it? The second one. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm right in saying resulted in a, a bone fracture for the punter. Um, it did all right. Either way, uh, you know, Nick Falk was resorting to, to punting by the end of, of that game. Um, but it, again, you, you look at the Indianapolis Colts on the road, they get a good win. That's four in a row for them now. And this weekend, they go to Cincinnati. Both teams very much in the thick of the the playoff hunter at the moment that'll be a big game for both of them this weekend well we can't we can't go ahead um see on on that note then so um they they fired what was his name uh craig ockerman um the special teams uh coordinator do you think richard um as a sports analyst that the nfl are being too hasty with firing head coaches and uh coordinators I mean, like, it seems like every week someone else is getting fired. Um, with, with head coaches, definitely not. You know, you don't see many head coaches lose their jobs in a season. I know Frank Reich's gone um, in the last couple of weeks after just 11 games, which 
I did think was a little bit bizarre, but there's a lot about the Carolina Panthers that appears bizarre um, at, at the moment, quite frankly. But you compare that situation to what you see across all levels of football in the UK, you know, the Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two, etc. And as a rule, there's a fair degree of stability about a coaching position in the NFL. Now, I know we've seen the defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, go in Washington. Special teams coordinator in Tennessee has gone um, this week. Some of those moves occasionally um, you look at and think, well, how much of that is an element of the head coach trying to make a change um, in order to preserve his status as a head coach for, for next season going forward? Possibly an element of that, but on the whole, you don't see that many uh, coaching change changes in season um but i mean look we, we all know we've all watched and seen this game enough now to to know that when black monday comes around after that final sunday of the regular season hold on to your hats because there are some seats yeah. that get extremely hot very quickly <laughs> just uh just on that subject then and um, while we're talking about hirings and firings what do you think the patriots do with bill belichick do you think he goes in season or do you think he lasts out to the, to the end of the regular season yeah. He definitely doesn't go in season. Now, he did sign a contract extension, which takes him through to the end of next season, um, just midway through this campaign. So not that long ago. Um, I, you, you have to have concerns that the last four games they've played, I think I'm right in saying they haven't scored more than 10 points in any of those games. And to lose them all um, is nigh on unheard of, unprecedented in the history of the NFL. So... So now you've got issues um, with that because you've got a, a head coach who's going straight into the Hall of Fame. What he's achieved and done um, over 20 plus years in New England is unparalleled, uh, frankly. Um, but I don't think Robert Kraft wants to fire him because I think he's got too much respect for him. I, I know the relationship that those two have is extremely close. Um, so I would think <clears throat> that if Bill Belichick was to leave the Patriots organization, it would be by the way of him stepping down. I, I don't see Robert Kraft um, sacking, sacking Bill Belichick. And I also do wonder if or not there's an element to, right, you've got one more off season to, to make this right and turn it around. Um, otherwise it, it's done. It's, it's a difficult situation to, to predict, to be honest, because in any other organization, Bill Belichick with the performances that that team's turned in this season, the head coach is gone. Um, it's different in New England. They have a different way of running things. Bill Belichick's effect, uh, effectively the, the general manager as well. I, I know, as I say, the owner, Robert Kraft, has a lot of confidence, a lot of faith in him. Um, but even his patience will be tried with, with some of the displays we've seen this year. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the history that makes this one so difficult. And the fact no one wants to, to be seen to be undermining somebody of the stature of Bill Belichick. Yeah, they were saying that um, they're thinking about maybe just cutting down his um, general manager duties sort of thing because his last drafts have been absolutely abysmal. Well, it's funny you say that because you, you look at drafts generally under Bill Belichick and he's renowned for trading down it in the draft order and collating lots of picks. Um, but it, his actual success rate in the draft relative to some other teams really isn't that good. Um, you know, he's, he's been fortunate that they, they landed on Tom Brady um, all those years back and for now two decades, those two were inseparable and brought a, a lot of success, effectively regenerated 
um, the team on three different occasions, and all of them led to to Super Bowl appearances. Um, but yeah, as as a general manager who operates in the draft, um, Belichick's record isn't outstanding. It's look, don't get me wrong, it's not bad, but it's certainly not. Um, something that immediately jumps off the yeah. paper at you and says, wow, didn't he draft well? That's just not the yeah. case. What he did do well was collate a lot of draft picks and give himself a lot of opportunities to hit on players uh, through yeah. the draft. So that's definitely one possibility um, if you take some of those GM roles um, and responsibilities away from him, give them to another person, allow Belichick to concentrate purely on the coaching side isn't a bad move because as bad as they've been this year defensively you look at the new england patriots there's been a lot of good performances from them yeah well that's his job he's he he is basically the the, the defense coordinator of our team and he looks after the defense and the defense has been playing well like he says um i think they're the only team since 1978 i think it is that has lost by only giving up 10 points lost three games in a row by only giving up 10 points or less yeah, completely. And they're only giving up around 21 points a game this season by any standards. That's not bad. That will keep you in games and enable you to win games in the NFL. You know, they're a top 10 ranked defense overall. Defensively hasn't been the issue really for New England this year. Offensively, they have been horrific. Receivers can't catch the ball. They've struggled, obviously, at the quarterback position. You talk about Zach Wilson and his confidence issues at, at the New York Jets. Well, Mac Jones yeah. is in a similar position in New England. Um, there's, yeah. I just don't see any way that they continue with him uh, following the end of this season. So what the future holds for him is up in the air right now. And equally, that's why it becomes an interesting situation um, up there at Foxborough, because where do they go from Mac Jones going forward? Well, they'll have a, they'll have a, a high draft pick. And I would say Drake May would be on their cards at the moment. Well, maybe so, but let's not forget, you know, Mac Jones was a first-round draft pick. And many people in that Mac draft Jones. thought he would go in the top six. Now, he oh, felt them at, what was it, 15 or 16 or something? Yeah, I, I didn't rate him at all. You know, I, I watched a lot of his tapes and I just could not see it. And he just looks, like, don't get me wrong, he looked like what Brady looked like whenever he was first drafted because he just looked like a like your 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 dad. He wasn't, the, he's not, he doesn't look like an athlete. Well, he did, but in the first season and a half that he played for the New England Patriots, he didn't play badly. Now, fine, I think it's fairly safe to say they condensed the playbook um, and he played within the system, which, you know, for, for, I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but many critics of the Patriots during their success years accused Tom Brady of playing with it in the system. Now, we've all seen um, that to be, you know, laid to rest when he went down to Tampa, played a different system under a different head coach and immediately won a Super Bowl. Um, so anyone that wants to speculate on that front, get back in your cupboard. That was flat out wrong. Uh, Mac well, Jones, on the other hand, you know, Mac Jones, on the other hand, has had a, a, a lot of difficulties in the last um, 18 months or so. Uh, and it's turned into a, a difficult situation from up there in New England. Yeah, 100%. Well, Curtis would say that's where Tom Brady made his career, Tampa. <laughs> yeah, you can't doubt it, but I'm a, I'm a Tampa fan, so I am. Um, and that's that's where he came Well, well hey, back. look, you, you've enjoyed that's more Super Bowl success of late than any of the rest of us. That is true. That is true. That is true. That's it. Well, Richard, we're going to play a wee game with you before we leave, because uh, I don't know if you know about American football here in Ireland, but we actually have a league and all and everything. It's it's mad. You know, we actually. I, we, I, we, I will admit, I was aware that um, there is football going on in Ireland. I wasn't aware that you had a, a fully fledged league set up. So this is news. Oh, wow. 
See me, me and me and Mark play. Me and Mark used to. I, I used to be a center. Mark is a defensive tackle. Now moving to Travis or Jason Kelsey's role, he would be a center next year. So yeah, then we have a full blown league. So I'm going to play a wee game called the logo game with you. Okay. Where where you guess that the the team's name by their logo. Still haven't found a way to shorten that name down yet, no? No. <laughs> I don't want it shortened. It's the whole length of it that sells it. I thought the introduction of the logo game was good. Are, are, are these logos all from Irish uh, football? These are all going to be Irish-American football teams' logos. I have no chance at all then, do I? <laughs> you, you, do, you don't need to get the name of the, the city or town. Um, okay. Um. You know, it's just a wee, wee bit of fun. You know, there's no wrong answers, Richard. These are the games I like. No wrong answers. Yep. <laughs> the, the wronger, right, so the, the better. First, this is our first logo, I'm assuming, is it? Yes. So, there's a T there. Wait. I don't know if you can see it. I, I can see the T. Um, I, I'm going to go Titans. I'll tell you what. See if you turn the T upside down. What does it look like? Turn the T upside sword. down. Yeah, sword. Look, sword. <laughs> I. What? Who? Who? Who has swords? And they they brought a horse into somewhere near Troy. <laughs> I have no idea. Hit, hit me with it. Trojans. The Trojans. The Belfast Trojans. Probably the most successful team in Northern Ireland. I think even if he had an igling of who that team might have been, he might have been put off by uh, your description. What do you think so? <laughs> Trojan horse? I said a horse, a big wooden horse. He didn't even say wooden horse, he just said That's a horse. Me, you didn't, to be fair, wooden. you didn't say wooden horse. That, that being said, <laughs> I'm not sure I'd have got it anyway. So, Neil, we're good with that. Um, let's That'd go for the Vikings. Good. Yes. They We've are the one. Limerick Vikings. It's one more than I was anticipating. Uh, the Knights? Yes, sir. They are the Belfast Knights. This is the most successful team in Ireland. Oh, I see. They're all going to hate me because I'm clearly going to get this wrong. Um, I would go for something like the Red Raiders. Ooh, That's pretty Rebels. Close. Oh, yeah. Rebels. Well, I'm a little bit disappointed I, that you didn't give him the hint I, for that you one. You know what? Richard, usually every time that this comes up, I, I always say, do you watch Star Wars? But if, I'm stopping doing it because I found out that nobody else watched Star Wars for me and Mark. I, I've watched every Star Wars episode. Oh, see, see you know, one time I don't do it. I, 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 I feel I've been let down here. Yeah, because I was going to say, like you know, like you watch Star Wars and they're against, you know, the Empire. Rebels. Yes. <laughs> So we're giving that. She would have been the only one that would have got this. Every time I ask, everybody's like, "No, we don't want Star Wars." <laughs> this one's educational, um, isn't it? This one. This, this is the educational one. The sensors. No. Bulls. Yeah, no. That's the first time we've actually had that answer. The sensors. Yeah, we've actually had first time we had sensors. Yeah. I think the 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 clue for this one would be Top Gun, wouldn't it? Yeah, Top Gun. Top Gun. I uh, see. It's one of the cool signs, isn't it? This is going to be not goose. It's not goose. It's clearly not Can't goose. Breathe. It's not Maverick. It's, it's Mavericks. Yes, it? you're right, Richard. Oh, there you go, then, you see. 
How the heck uh, do you get Mavericks Mark, out of that? <laughs> Mark, why are they called the Mavericks? So, so a, a Maverick is an unbranded cow or cattle. So back in the day when you know the cows roamed free, if a if a cowboy or a farmer wanted to claim, he would then brand them, and they would no longer be Mavericks. So it's an unbranded cattle or cow. See, we're educational. Every day is a school day. Yep, we're an educational show as well. <laughs> this should be really hard. <laughs> uh, well, it can't be the Cowboys, so it'll be the Stars. Well, Cowboys. Were, I said Cowboys first, I'm claiming it. <laughs> Mr. Craig, I've been Cowboys, there's no copyright there at all. I swear to God, I don't even look anything like the Cowboys. I was going to say, if you've got any friends at the uh, the Cowboys organization, don't, don't make them aware of that. <laughs> It's trouble there. It's trouble. Here. Move on. Uh, Hawks or Eagles? That is the Wexford Eagles. Now this one's educational oh, wow. too, sort of. If you like Irish mythology. Well, you see, I'm quite a big. I used to be a big fan of Greek mythology. Irish mythology, I'm. I'm not quite there. I did the whole Giants Causeway. <laughs> thing a, a few years back and what did you say sorry about that but what did you but say I, the giants <gasps> wow <laughs> they are the causeway giants <laughs> do you know why uh do you know did you ever hear the story of giants there <laughs> we go this is why uh, we're educated uh, as well uh, so giants football or the giants causeway the Giants Causeway, you ever hear how you've been McCool? Oh, yeah, I, I learned all about the um, the story of the Giants Causeway. Two Giants, one in Scotland, one in Ireland, basically yep. throwing rocks at each other, and that's how the, the Causeway came to be. Yes, look at this. What? Oh, I, I, I paid attention. Good, man. Panthers. Yes, the South Dublin <laughs> Panthers. Let, let me tell you, I have by some distance surpassed my expectations for this. You're doing so. You're doing so much better than most people. To be fair, I have no idea what this is. This is the best team in Ireland, by the way. I don't know if you can see behind Mark there. I even have one that yeah, says the name on it. That's no, I was going to say I can't see one with a name on it. Um, can you see an I'm A? I'm never getting maybe? that logo. Or a J? And, J? and what do they look like? Sort sort of. Pilot's wings, maybe. I would just look at Neil's hat. Ah, well, uh, do you know what? I'm going to guess at this. I think they're the Jets. <laughs> Very good. Look at you. How good is that? They are the Antrim Jets. And Thanks, I did not pick the them just because the I support the Jets. <laughs> I didn't pick them just because I support the Jets, Richard, you know. <laughs> Thank you very much for playing our wee game, Richard. You did really well. I think you did the best out of... And it was educational. Yeah, and it's educational, honestly. Yes, if, if we could be bothered to do a leaderboard, I reckon you would be top of it. Yeah, I think fair. so, yeah. yeah we may have to close that, that is all I need to hear, fellas. That'll do for me. Yep. yep, you did so well. But here, thank you very much, Richard, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, no, I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's always a blast. Um, I was fortunate enough to um, do a show with Jeff Reinbold in Belfast and then down in Dublin at the end of uh, January, beginning of February early this year. Um, I, I will say this now. I was blown away by the, the passion um, and enthusiasm for, for the sport over there at the time. I definitely plan on being back 
um, uh, visiting some more as well. So, um, yeah, anytime. Really enjoyed it tonight. Um, hope you guys have a good weekend. Even the Jets, Neil. Um, yes, thank keep you fingers much. crossed. <laughs> um, but the, the next four or five weeks leading into the postseason, it's going to be must-watch TV. It's going to be some great fun. Oh, 100%. We can't wait. We can't wait to run up this report. It's going to be amazing. But Richard, thank you very much. And uh, that's us for another episode of Talking Balls. So we'll see you guys later. Cheers. See Have you a later. good week, guys. Yes, take care, guys. <laughs>